0: Welcome to Transcendent Tracks, a podcast that connects you with stories about music's powerful ability to impact our lives. I'm Dania, your host and lifelong music lover. I talk with musicians, music scholars, music writers, and especially music fans to explore the tracks that have inspired and influenced them most. Springsteen is one of those artists that has truly achieved legendary status in his more than 50-year career, which includes multi-platinum albums, multiple Grammy Awards, an Oscar, and a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. He has been many things to many people, a nonstop rock and roll party, an inventive creator of characters and imaginative storyteller, masterful songwriter, hero to working class fans, a voice for political issues, and a performer renowned for giving 100% at every show. Both as a solo artist and with the E Street Band, he's ventured into different genres and has never seemed afraid to step off the expected musical path while always seeming to maintain a sense of humor about it all. It's well known that the love from his fans runs deep, and each one has their own Springsteen story. Today I'm talking with David Burghardt about his personal connection to Bruce's music. David, welcome and thank you so much for coming on to talk about Bruce Springsteen.
1: Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. This will be fun, I hope.
0: I I think so. The first thing I want to ask you is, how did you first discover Bruce's music? What's the story there?
1: Well, I was 18 in 1984, and that's when Born in the USA came out. And for those uh, younger than me, I mean, that was the the dawn and the advent of MTV and music videos. And that first video of dancing in the dark of concert just looked like so much fun. And I wanted to go see that. You know, where I live, where I grew up, London, Ontario, so two hours from Toronto. And so it's July or June 1984, walking downtown in our city, and the record store has a sign out front, Springsteen tickets, Toronto. Next week, and I don't know what they were, like twenty dollars or twenty-five dollars, something like that. And I well, this is great. So went and bought two tickets the week before concert in Toronto or face value. Went to the show with a friend of mine and exhibition stadium in Toronto was a giant football arena. And Springsteen was playing to half of the stadium. It was just half. Now, it was a great show and it really opened up my eyes to his music and was, there was a lot more to it than I could possibly have imagined. But you got to flash forward to the next summer. And by that point, the album Born in the USA had exploded around the world. And going from one show to half the stadium in Toronto, he played three shows to the full stadium, all sold out. And I remember having to line up overnight outside a record store to get a wristband and then line up again to try and get the tickets. And it was just, it was just crazy by the next year. So that, that first concert was really my, my big introduction to Springsteen. And the thing that I, I remember most about that show, aside from all the, the fun of it, there was a segment in there where he did some solo songs from his Nebraska album, which I wasn't familiar with at the time. And that's a pretty stark album. And it's very different than the big loud sound of born in the USA. It's very dark. It's very intimate, very personal. And it was like, Oh, well, where did this come from? What, what's that doing in this show? You know, and those songs were, uh, I remember one of them was, was used cars for sure. And it, it was just very haunting. And so to combine that with a great big fun show uh, was just overwhelming and really exciting. And so I I wish I could be one of those people who's seen them hundreds of times, but I think it's about 20 that I have since then.
0: It's funny because like you said, at the time, uh, you weren't familiar with Nebraska or maybe anything prior to that. And I guess I was about eight or nine when Born in the USA came out. And it was obviously, like you said, it was on MTV. I was watching MTV at the time and listening to the radio. And of course, it was hit after hit for that album. And I thought, oh, this is a brand new band. It wasn't until much later that I actually started to pay attention and realize, oh, he had, you know, a whole part of his career before that. But I guess that was just sort of what opened him up to more of the worldwide fame, I suppose. You said you'd been to 20 shows, which is a really good number of concerts. And of course, for Springsteen fans... Anyone knows that his live shows are just a huge part of what makes him and the band so special. So it's important to talk about those shows. Um, given that you've been to so many, can you talk a little bit about some that were the most memorable for you or just some that were your favorites?
1: I think probably 2002 and the Rising Tour because there were a lot of things going on for me at that time. Wow. The album The Rising Came out in the summer of 2002, and it was almost like a response to the events of 9 11. Mm-hmm. And in that summer, though, of 2002, my father became ill, uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and died shortly after. But right when we found out that he was sick, it was my birthday, and my sister Kathy gave me a copy of the CD with two tickets to see Springsteen in Toronto in November. So there was, I guess in my mind, there were kind of like these two bookends um, events, uh, getting the album and my father passing away. And the album is, I've always said to people, it's a very good companion to someone who's grieving. It covers the range of emotions, you know, in the light of nine eleven, sure, but it's, I, I think it's deeper than that. It talks about loss and being lonesome and how do you start again and those days when you're lonely and crying and sad, but you still want to get up and, and dance, that song, Mary's Place, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we had the, the death and the general of my father and the grief associated with that. And having that on the calendar of three months out that a Springsteen concert was coming up was something that really helped me, you know, get up in the morning. And what I would do is get up and drive to work like an hour early, just so I could listen to that whole album every morning on the way to work as it goes through all those stages and aspects of grief. So Kathy and I going to see that show again in Toronto, uh, in 2002 was just kind of like a, a cheer of we've made it this far getting through our grief. And because Kathy and I are very close and certainly close to my father, it was just, it was just one of those moments where the whole spirit of music was alive and inside of us. And it was such a, a neat show because there were a lot of new songs. And, and sometimes when artists play new songs, kind of takes a while for the audience to fully embrace them and, and, and take them in. But I don't think that was the case with The Rising. I think once people listened to it once, it just found a way into their hearts. It, it was just one of those albums that it opens up to you immediately, and it just ends so beautifully with My City of Ruins and boat rising up, and it's just so emotional, but giving strength that with whatever tragedies we have in life, you know, I have had mine, and I think of the passing of my father, other people I don't know, but I don't think any of us have to go too far before we find some amount of heartache in our lives, but that the album of The Rising says that even with all of that, the anger and frustration and hurt and tears, there's still a reason to rise up and, and keep going and keep trying, which is one of the reasons why the whole canon of Springsteen music to me is, is so good and so valuable. There was one show that I went to in Rochester, New York, but I couldn't find anybody to go with me. But going to a concert by myself was a little bit different. You know, not there with someone to cry and hug with and dance with. And so it was, a unique experience because the people around me, uh, became for at least those two and a half, three hours, we became a, a little community. There was a fellow from Scotland that I met. There was a couple from Toronto. There was somebody from New York city there. And we were all just there enjoying the show. And it was a very intimate feeling. And the fact that you know I'm meeting new people here and we've all got our own Bruce stories. The one guy coming from Scotland, like, what a trooper. here? I thought driving, you know, six hours was a big deal, but he flew across the ocean. And probably the other one that really stands out in my mind, I'm also a big Chicago Cubs fan. And on the 2012 tour, it was announced that he'd be playing at Wrigley Field, but well, that was like obsessions colliding. So I had to go to that show. And I mean, I love Wrigley Field. It's a beautiful place, the most beautiful ballpark I think has ever been created. And about a third of the way into the show, I just had to get up and and walk around the stadium and the stairs and all that beautiful ironwork and everything while the show was going on because it was just a lot to take in.
0: What is it you think that makes those live shows so special?
1: I think it's probably his, his personal work ethic that he absolutely wants to deliver on putting out the best show that he possibly can could have easily started to trim the shows down. But I I think he really wants to register with people that that this show for you tonight isn't going to happen anywhere else. I've come to your town, and I'm going to give you this show, and it's going to be special. You know, I think probably growing up with a tremendous means, the value of that, I think he's very generous to be able to put that across.
0: Are you one of those folks that are strictly a Bruce and the E Street Band fan? Or are you also a fan of his solo work as well? And have you been to any of his concerts in recent years where it was just him?
1: Sadly, I've not been able to get to any of the the solo shows, but I really do like that music as well. And that's the, it's like the full range of, of Springsteen is that you do get the great big rock songs, but then you get very, intimate and and quiet and thoughtful pieces as well and the solo stuff like devils of dust certainly nebraska the ghost of tom Jones. those albums are really going to make you think and are probably a little harder to get into
0: Mm -hmm. and i was thinking that even something like tunnel of love i mean obviously you couldn't put it in the same category as those more, you know, spare and intimate sort of albums. But I guess that was a little bit of a departure. That was what was that right after Born in the USA, I believe. It was. Yeah. And that album doesn't always get a lot of love, but it's one that I'd really come to appreciate as well.
1: And I think that's some of the irony that he demonstrates. It's okay, it's maybe a song about love. You know, there's not one sappy ballad on the album at all. Looks at the hard aspects of love and and failed love, and you know, a single mother and spare hearts and the struggles that she's facing, or the the love of a father and walk like a man, and and looking at your father and knowing that hey, I've got to be a man now, and I'm not a, a child anymore. And there's, so, it's not a, a a childish or sappy approach to love songs, but a very mature and haunting thing brilliant disguise you know is you know are you falling in love with me or do i just have a disguise on i mean that's a tough question to ask for anybody starting in a relationship and you know it's, it's a long way from uh, pop music that's for sure but it, it just seems that you know you could be listening to it and singing along and not realizing what you're saying
0: the songwriting there i just love it's so clever we've talked a little bit about albums and i know a hard question always are what would be your favorites? Normally, I would, I would ask somebody to pick a favorite or maybe a couple of favorites, but given who we're talking about, I will ask it this way. What are your favorite studio albums? And do you also have favorite live albums? Because he has tons and tons of live albums available. So I feel like that's a separate category, so you can have two sets of answers yep. if you'd like.
1: Yep. Well, I think the album The River doesn't quite reach all uh, the attention that it that it deserves. Born to Run, which is fantastic. Darkness on the Edge of Town, which is fantastic. But with The River, I think he starts to push back against the stereotypes of what people were expecting of him. Because there's a tremendous variety on that album. Because there's some pretty creative tracks there. Like Drive All Night, which is sort of a, a long, drawn-out, jazzy sort of piece. There's a a bit of a country with a wreck on the highway. There's still the rockers on there. So it's kind of like him saying, okay, you think I'm this? Well, I've also got that. And he really starts to demonstrate the breadth of his musical ability and interests. And I think that's one of the tremendous things about him is that even at his stage and career now is that he is still doing new things. The album that came out a few months ago, cover of Motown and Soul Mm -hmm. songs. I, I'm not going to say that's my favorite Springsteen album, but I give him credit for doing it Mm -hmm. and his whole exploration into folk music with the Seeger sessions, I mean that again, not stuff that you would think is going to sell a lot of records, but he's able to put a a tremendous amount of energy into it and open up a whole genre of music to his fans that maybe they weren't aware of, Mm -hmm. take us on a bit of an adventure, a bit of a side trip. There's a lot of diversity, so it's hard to say, you know, what is the favorite Springsteen album because mm-hmm. there is just so much diversity there. And um, one day it's going to be the River, and another day it's going to be the Rising, and another day it's going to be Wrecking Ball or something, you know. So pretty hard to pin down.
0: Do you think you have a favorite from his live albums at all?
1: Uh, the, the two, well, DVDs when they came out when the you brought the E Street Band back. Back together in 2000, there's a DVD of the shows from Madison Square Gardens, which is fantastic. And then following the Rising Tour, the Barcelona show, that one I think is is tremendous as well. And that was the introduction of a song that didn't wind up appearing on an album until later, but Land of Hope and Dreams. And that song, to me, is kind of the the culmination of being a Springsteen fan and get your ticket, get on board. And my family knows, uh, my friends know, that when it comes time to roll me out at the end of the service, that one goes on and gets turned way up loud. You can carry me out to that one, Land of Hope and Dreams.
0: So we've talked a lot about this album and that album and this song and that song, and there are a lot of people who maybe don't know a Bruce Springsteen song other than I don't know, Born in the USA or Dancing in the Dark. So let's, we'll reel it okay. in a little bit. Yep. For someone who maybe doesn't know, what would you recommend as a starting point?
1: I think by song, it would have to be Thunder Road. I think that's the perfect first Springsteen's. And that's the, I mean, he calls it his invitation. And it is, it's an okay. invitation into the, into the Springsteen world. You know, it's a guy pulling up, He's got a beat-up old car. She's been, you know, maybe a little bit beat up herself. These are two imperfect people in a desperate world saying, come on, we got to get out of here and hit the road. And won't you come with me? And we'll have our adventure. Similar to Born to Run, for sure. But just the way Thunder Road takes you off quietly with a little bit of piano intro, it, it sounds like an invitation and then builds and swells. And, and carries you along. I think that's the first Springsteen song for, for someone to listen to. Um, yeah. And you get into other things. His VH1 special on uh, storytellers is tremendous as well, because he goes through a lot of his thoughts on the writing of songs, and goes through them line by line and tells stories about them and, and what he's trying to do. It's a great thing to watch, too, for a new Springsteen fan.
0: That's funny, because it wasn't that didn't pay attention to Springsteen, but I really didn't know anything aside what was on the radio from about 1984 up until it had to be as late as 2005, 2006. And one day I remember so specifically, I was driving along and was listening to the local classic rock station and Thunder Road was what was playing. And I thought, okay, I can't get out yet what was that that I just heard? And <laughs> where has this been all my life? And how did I miss that? So that made me go and seek that out. And then it was like um, opening a little door that you didn't know was there. So I yeah, I remember that day I had to stop the car and leave it running until the song ended. Well,
1: I'm glad you found it. That's good. I did. That's good. Yes, yeah. I did.
0: <laughs> and for yourself, if you had a personal soundtrack, what songs would be on that soundtrack?
1: I think it would start with Thunder Road. I do. And I think it would be Born to Run, uh, as well, because that song, I, I remember when I graduated from high school and everybody's signing each other's yearbooks and trying to think of funny, pithy things to, to say. I was writing out the lyrics to Born to Run, and everybody's yearbook. That was my, my thing. If it asks that, that great question, just certainly what I felt, you know, when I was 18, 19 years old. As a teenager, you know, I want to know if love is real. Can you show me? You know, which is that question of a a young person has, what is love all about? And when you follow through in Springsteen music, as your life experiences are likely to dictate, it isn't always a fairy tale and there's going to be some rough spots and you're going to do things that, that you wish you didn't. And, And you will have failed and you will have failed other people and let people down. And other people are going to let you down. But you're still asking yourself that question. Well, where is this real love? I got to keep searching after it. So that's my thing about Born to Rotten. Um, other songs that would be on this album track. For me, I would say Used Cars, Racing in the Streets is another great song about people who are a bit desperate and perhaps unhappy with the outcome of their lives wishing for some sort of glory beyond their regular Monday life. Um, There are songs from the tracks collection, sort of all the studio outtakes like Rock Away the Days and and Car Wash that I really like because they're just songs of of people going to work and, you know, finding some sort of uh, joy in the work that they have to do that is in front of them. And very personally... Uh, because I am a person of faith, when Springsteen had the song "Jesus Was an Only Son," that one was a real surprise, because it's a song of you know uh, Jesus' mother watching her son walk up Calvary Hill with a cross on his back and wanting love for her son and knowing what he has to do, and it really talks about Springsteen's faith and that he would that he would go there in a song, that one sticks with me and it's a pretty heavy song, too.
0: Yeah, I'll have to yeah. find that. I wasn't aware of that song.
1: Yeah. Then, you know, The Rising and City of Ruins and Land of Hope and Dreams, those are the songs that really lift me up and carry me on on days that are a little bit harder than others. We can still find celebration in life. And with all its tragedy, we still live in a beautiful world, thank God. And there's a lot of reason that no matter how bad or hard life has been to you no matter what mistakes you've made you're still entitled to a ticket on the dance floor which is why i'm so close to springsteen's music i think
0: that actually kind of segues into the next question i was going to ask you which is you've been a solid fan for what about 40 years at this point so what makes you keep coming back and sticking around for that many years through all his phases and stages um
1: i i think that what i appreciate about him as an artist is that as he's grown and advanced in years so is his subject matter you know and, and the last album letter to you is about someone who's you know a little bit older and having to say goodbye to some friends who they've lost along the way and that's happened to me as well in the last couple of years. So as the subject matter changes, it still seems to remain relevant to whatever I'm going through in in my life. And, and that way I think, yes, I've got a I still got a good friend in this guy that I can do the same to his music and, and he's going to help me sort through some of my thoughts on what challenges I have at this point. And somehow through Bruce, you know, learning about Woody Guthrie and then of course all the folk music of Seger Sessions and America's Songs back in the 1800s, what those songs were, and how oh, there is that musical folk tradition of not just covering a song, but taking an older song and trying to reapply it in a modern way, which I, I think is another aspect of his music that is just so wide and broad that, that there's a lot more there than what you first think of. And, and one thing I think is truly uh, admirable is even talking about his issues of depression and mental health for anybody with any sort of issue of depression or mental illness that you know even a person who uh, achieved a tremendous success he has to have a nervous breakdown on a beach one day and be rescued by a stranger is pretty humbling wow and then to share that story with people, I, I think, is remarkable. All the things we've all been through the last few years, shutdowns, lockdowns, come downs, bring downs, whatever. You know, uh, we all need to be a little kinder and gentler and a little more aware of each other. And anything we can do to be supporting and lifting each other up, I think, is a good thing. Again, that's not a musical statement from Springsteen so much, as it is him telling one of the stories, of all the stories that he could tell to tell that one, uh, and, and making himself that vulnerable to people, uh, I think is very brave and I'm grateful that he has done that.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to follow or subscribe in your favorite podcast app to stay up to date on episode releases. And if you have a friend that you think might enjoy this show, please share it with them. You can find links to episode resources in the show notes. Thank you again for joining me for Transcendent Tracks. I'll see you next time.